Hello, Tom. Hello, Michael. Do you like Paris, Tom? Have you been to Paris? Um, I was. I think I went to Paris when I was about five years old. Whoa, you definitely get a, get around when you're a kid. Right? <laughs> but I haven't been back, and it's on my to-do list. I want to go back. Did you enjoy? Well, can you remember it when you? Were, do you remember much? I remember walking around in a park. I remember visiting the Eiffel Tower. I know my, me and my sister had our portraits painted on the on um, some famous artist row. Um, I have little snapshots. That's it. There's one thing I'm pretty certain you didn't do when you were in Paris, and that's probably drink wine and eat mussels, right? Because you were five years old. Yep, I did not. Do <laughs> okay, that. that's good. <laughs> I've been worrying if you were drinking wine at the age of five, right? Although it's okay. I mean, if that's what you want to have, it's fine. I mean, I always tell people I actually had whiskey when I was two weeks old. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? It, was that like a classic um, treatment, like your mother? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's almost medicinal. <laughs> Two weeks old, I had whiskey as I'm strong spirit, right? It's kind of yeah. funny. Two weeks old. Helps you sleep. Helps <laughs> you sleep. Probably, what if it makes you into alcoholic? I think it's unlikely. <laughs> anyway, it worked, right? I've turned out normal, I hope. You yeah. can be the judge of that, right? Okay, so let's talk about Cezanne. TCO four, yeah. What do you have any thoughts about Suzanne? Any anything that find did you find appealing, interesting? Um, I was so I'm really curious about the stuff that she went through, the the tribulations, okay, during during her interview process and what that, like how she reacted to that basically. Okay, so Suzanne's I'll, I'll give you sort of a rundown on Suzanne. Right, um, Suzanne's a very nice person. I like her. Mm-hmm. She's got this really nice French accent, but she's a very nice person. You're going to see that uh, once we release more material, right? Mm-hmm. She's a very likable person because she's a very nice person. Uh, I know she says nothing negative about anyone, not even a joke. Do you know that? That's that's a I like that a lot in a person. I like that too. I'm not like that, but I do like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, you you like to spend time with those people. Yeah. She, she she's never said anything negative about anyone ever in mm-hmm. in over fifty hours of recordings. That's impressive. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also never makes promises she cannot keep. That's even more impressive. Not even as a joke. Mm-hmm. And I've tested that, right? I remember once when she got a job at a major airline, I was telling her, "Well, right now you can give me free tickets to Paris." Most people say, "Yeah, yeah, just let me know when." Right. She won't even joke about that. Mm-hmm. It's very people. It's very rare when people are like that. Mm-hmm. They are very careful to not misrepresent themselves. Now, so let's, what makes Suzanne unique? I mean, she's a very unusual lady, right? Mm-hmm. For one thing, she's the first Muslim in our show. Mm-hmm. We've never had a Muslim participant. Ever. Now, did that? Is that just an interesting fact, or did that have a material impact on? Um, on her prog- training development, I guess. That's a good question. It's, I think it is a material fact. It had a impact. Mm-hmm. One of the things we were trying to do is to get participants who are more reflective of the diversity of mm-hmm. our clients. Right. Uh, we've had a lot of Chinese in the program uh, mm-hmm. throughout the years. We've had very few white males. Hmm. A white male is a new endangered species. Either that, or like we were talking about before, they're the they're the overconfident ones that are, well, that would that would make them endangered in the long run. So perhaps are they so. like the dinosaurs of the modern era? Right, could be, 
Well, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I mean, we never look at race and ethnicity when we're making the selection process. For example, so Susan wasn't selected because she was Muslim. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting after the fact. We were we were very you know we were wanted her to get into the finals and be selected, but if she didn't make the cut, she wouldn't have made the cut, right? Right, right. So so she, she what struck me as interesting about her is that when she joined the program, she had just finished um, going through recruiting and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. She had been declined. Right, mm-hmm. but but what ex- now? The tribulations are quite interesting. I'm not going to name the firm uh, to protect their identity a little bit. You know, right? Right. But you're familiar with the terrorist attack last year in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Her interview was the day after the terrorist attack. Yeah, I can imagine that. And she's a Muslim lady traveling through Paris the day of the interview. Now, mm-hmm. a couple of things happened. Yeah, her her particular part of Paris was in a military lockdown. Mm-hmm. No one was allowed in or out. Right. You got a Muslim lady trying to get through the security corridor in Paris. Yeah, yeah. That could have gone south very quickly. Mm-hmm. I was actually very upset with her and I realized what she had done because she contacted me before and I told her don't go for the interview. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. So she agreed and she told the company I can't go for the interview. One of the major firms, right? One of the lead mm-hmm. firms. But then she had some pressure from her family that she shouldn't have canceled the interview. Then she called the firm back the same day and said, I, I can come for my interview. Uh-huh. And then she went for the interview, which yeah. is not going to be a pleasant experience. I mean, it's going to be, you can't get in. You've got to show ID. And, you know, it's, it's a very dangerous position to be in. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously she's not doing anything wrong, but you don't know how people react on that situation. Mm-hmm. It could have gone, you know, she had a very bad experience um, over those few days. She had no job. Uh, she had just returned from Australia, had no job. And we had to stabilize her by finding a job for her. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes her unusual. She's an experienced hire. She just came back from Australia. She was very successful there working for um, Airbus in their defense department uh, as a business development executive. Came back to Paris, couldn't get a job. She had five interviews lined up. None of them were converting. And then we had to work with her to get her a job, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is very interesting. We, we, managed to get, we managed to get her two positions. One was at a um, consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And another one was at a major aviation company, airline. Mm-hmm. Good job yeah. in pricing and strategy. Uh, great perks. Very quantitative role. Mm-hmm. But it's a very good job, which she liked. But she wanted to take the boutique consulting firm. And you know why she wanted to take the boutique consulting firm? Did she think that that was more of a compatible stepping stone? No. She thought that the uh, airline job was better, paid better. She, she wanted to do it. And she thought that it would develop her more. But the reason was quite interesting. She wanted to take the um, boutique firm because she liked the aviation company so much that if she had to leave them in a, year, a year's time or six months' time if she got into McKinsey, she, because she liked them so much, she didn't want to do that to them. Oh, okay. And it's a kind of a very bizarre way of mm-hmm. thinking about it. I remember having this discussion where I was saying like, that's the equivalent of dating two guys and marrying the one you like least just in case you get divorced in the future. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, the other reason is that she was very concerned that she wouldn't be able to do the work. It was very quantitative. Okay. So I had to prepare for the role. You'll you'll hear us in her sessions. It's very different because you will hear us training her 
for what we call that, you know, role, that fuller role before she goes into and applies to McKinsey. Mm-hmm. So, you can see our situation is very unique. Mm-hmm. The issues she goes through, uh, minority female in Europe at this time, which is, you know, given all of the issues in Europe, it's a difficult position to be in, right? Mm-hmm. Second, she's, you know, needs to find a fuller role and stabilize herself, right? Mm-hmm. And then third issue is that uh, the office where she wanted to interview, um, we didn't feel they treat minorities well. And we then encouraged them to withdraw from the interview. So that's, so that's a very interesting point, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, America and Europe, they get a bad rap for the way minorities are treated, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you see it all the time. Oh, minorities are treated badly. And I'm not saying that minorities are not treated badly. I don't know. I don't know 350 million Americans, right, personally. Right. I can't validate all of their claims. But what I can say is that if you've ever been to the emerging markets, minorities are treated even worse. Mm-hmm. So she was applying to an emerging market office, and I felt that given her background, because she, you know she's a certain ethnic type even in her home country, Turkey, mm-hmm. and they're not treated very well. And we know because we've had you know consultants working in those offices who feed us back information. We then decided that it's not going to be good for her mm-hmm. to interview in that office. Which can you imagine? You're telling someone, look, you got an interview. We want you to now withdraw from that interview. Yeah, that's, that's kind of scary. Right? Yeah. That is scary. Eventually, I mean, she also raised the issues, but she wasn't sure what to do. We asked her to withdraw from the interview. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to get her to um, network into Tokyo and Zurich mm-hmm. uh, to redo our interviews. So this, one, this is what makes Cezanne's journey so interesting. Well, it's unique. It's a one-of-a-kind story. It's a one-of-a-kind story. I mean, she's a very successful lady. Make no doubt about that. You know, Airbus sent her to um, Australia all by herself. And she also worked, I think, a little bit in Southeast Asia as well. And all by herself, they had no presence in some countries like uh, probably Vietnam and Bangladesh and so on. She went there. She set up the office for them and found their first clients mm-hmm. for multi-million dollar defense contracts. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So when people look at this lady and say, oh, she's indecisive, I don't think that is con- at all true. If you're indecisive, you wouldn't be able to do what she did in Bangladesh and Australia. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to um, arrive in these foreign countries where you know nothing about them. You have a foreign accent and just go up and speak to the head of the defense, to speak to the general running Thailand's military. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Yeah, that takes a lot of gumption. That takes a lot of gumption. Right? I mean, you're a, you're a 25-year-old young woman wearing high heels and, you know, a, a dress and you walking through the streets of Bangkok when it's 45 degrees without humidity. That's mm-hmm. not fun, right? No, no. But she was very successful. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't think it's an, it's, I don't think it's an inability to get things done. I think it's more sometimes she questions herself too much. Mm-hmm. But, but she, she doesn't lack confidence. Mm-hmm. Being a female minority, I think, is difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. It's hard for you and I to understand that. Yeah, exactly. But it must be difficult. It must be very difficult when you're being questioned about everything. People, you know, immediately uh, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. I think. Mm-hmm. And then you're moving countries. You're trying to stabilize things. I think it's very difficult. 
Yeah, that's tough. So that's Cezanne. I mean, it's a very interesting, you know, situation with her. And obviously, I don't know how it's going to turn out. TCO4 is live, right? Mm-hmm. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. We will see. We will see what happens. But I think she's got a very interesting story. I think she's a very good role model for young women. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a good role model for young women who may be minorities in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering, how in the world do I do this? How do in the world do I make this happen? If I'm a minority, we don't have rights. Uh, we treat it badly. How do I do? How do I turn my life around? Mm-hmm. She's a very good role model, both from a, a personality perspective, values, and also just a, you know she gets she makes things happen. Mm-hmm. I think that people watching her and trying to mimic her would be good. I think she's a bit anxious at times, and she questions herself maybe too much. That's one of the things we would work on. But other than that, she's a very good example of how you should manage your career. Mm-hmm. So, any questions on Suzanne? No, thank you. Any concerns about Suzanne? Any concerns about Suzanne? Um, I think she's going to have a a little bit more of an uphill an uphill struggle. It sounds like than than anyone might expect, just because of all of those factors added together. So, I don't know. I'm just curious to see how it how it plays out. I think the most important thing to remember about Suzanne is that when you see someone, you don't know what's happening behind their eyes. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they went through. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they've had to put up with just to be there. And those are one of the things we forget. We judge people on obviously superficial things like what they're wearing, what they say, whether they smiled at me, whether they were friendly to me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had to stare down the French military to get to an interview, I mean, I mean come right. on. <laughs> you, it's, 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 very, it's very likely that you're going to have a bad experience in your interview, right? Yeah, and I felt the way the consulting firm treated her was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they treated her badly. They were not nice to her. They didn't even call her. They didn't even they didn't even acknowledge that she went through all of those things just to get to an interview. Yeah, that is wrong. And I told us you did nothing wrong. The firm was completely wrong in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should not have treated you that way, and they should not have acted that way. They should they didn't even give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone yeah. goes through all that trouble, and you know they don't get feedback. But I don't want to name them. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to shame people. We leave that to the IRS, right? Right. <laughs> so I, I feel that you know that incident had a, left her a bad taste in her mouth because she was wondering whether she did anything wrong. And that's just the thing, you know. When you're a minority, you think everything you've done it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been groomed that way. And I mean minorities. I don't just mean by race. I mean you could be a minority for any reason, mm-hmm. right? You could be a minority because you like eating donuts. Okay, that's not a minority. That's a majority of people. <laughs> but you get my point, right? Yes. You can be a minority because when I say minorities, people immediately think of ethnicity and race. Mm-hmm. It's not just ethnicity and race. But it's it, anything that can set you apart in your own mind. Ex- exactly. It's anything that can set you apart or where you feel people are going to treat you differently. Mm-hmm. That makes you a minority. Yep. And I think that the, 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 the struggles for minorities are, it, it, it's, you know, one thing I really hate about um, media today is we make it sound like the world as, you know, I, I hear these phrases, women have never before uh, had such an impact in the workforce in the history of mankind. But we're comparing a pretty pathetic base to start with, right? Yeah, and how can that be true? It's just... But it's a very terrible base to begin with. You know, someone mm-hmm. says we're making progress. We have two female directors out of 20. We've never had any before. That's progress. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's half a base of zero. Everything's <laughs> progress, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying females should be 50%. I'm not saying females should be 40%. i am not saying that. What I'm saying is that choose people on merit. Mm-hmm. It could be anyone, right? Just work on merit. Right. But saying you're making progress, and this thing about minorities is a very annoying thing as well, where people say, well, we have mi- more minorities now than we've ever had. Um, you know, but what it's what they choose to report as a minority, right? Mm-hmm. If you, ex- you know, a hundred years ago, reporting Irish people as minorities was normal, right? Did right. you know that? The Irish yeah, were a minority. Yeah, yeah they, which they, is they, a bit they took on the worst positions in, in New York and Chicago because mm-hmm. no one wanted to hire them. Yeah. And over time, they've, you know, integrated, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, cho- it's what you choose to report as a minority. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, if, if a certain minority group is not vocal in pushing for a recognition, they don't get recognized. They don't get considered to be a minority. Mm-hmm. So the issues of minorities, I think, are severe and I think they, are, they deserve attention. Um, but the way to address it is to, I think, arm minority candidates to be successful. Yeah. Because there's no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. Companies are not going to change. They all say they'll change. Only when they see a market that's big enough. Yes, you know when the when the LGBT market was small and not making money, no one cared about it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. But when the consumer power rose in that market, mm-hmm. everyone was falling over themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. When you realize how much money is potentially involved, I remember the early you know situations in San Francisco when you know minorities, you know, LGBT communities were fighting for recognition. No one cared about them. Mm-hmm. Because they had no purchasing power. Mm-hmm. But as soon as purchasing power rose, everyone wants to support LGBTs. Yes. They just found it in their heart to, to publish <laughs> somehow. a media. It's somehow, yeah, yeah, we're going to support LGBT. But, you know, another minority, no, they have no purchasing power. They're not organized. We don't care, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the way the world works. Mm-hmm. It's not a great way the world works. But as soon as dogs earn an income, well, we're going to free them because they had a minority with purchasing power, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way the world works. So I think that you know one of the interesting things about Cezanne is just seeing how you know a female minority pulled it all together. And she's a good role model. I mean, she stabilized her career, mm-hmm. got a great position, doing well. Um, that's a good role model for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think if people watch her and they learn from her, they can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's stop there on Cezanne, right? Okay. <laughs> 